Welcome back to another episode of Mad Props. Just before we even start, I won't even go anywhere. We're going to get out of the way right now. Follow Schnabel Studios on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L Studios. You can find us on all that stuff. We are updating it more. There's more podcasts to come out, so definitely go check that out. If you have a moment, go check it out, please. We love you. Go check it out. If you are listening to this, you can find this on YouTube as well. If you want to watch, if you are watching this on YouTube, it's available anywhere you get your podcast. So you can definitely go check that out. I have been away for a while. Um, last time we talked, I told you I got a new job. I moved out to Connecticut. It's been a really long uh, process. And then after all that happened, I like started working and just got really busy and it got tough. I traveled with the team a little bit. If you watch, if you watch sketching up, you'll know I was gone for like a little over a month. So it was a long process and I just couldn't figure out a time to sit down with the guests and just go or sit down with myself even and just go. But it's here. We finally are back and I plan to stay back and stay doing this some more. I'm not sure what it's going to be, so I'm not even going to put it out there. But we have a new episode right now of Map Props. Her name is Chloe King. We'll tell you about how we met. We'll talk about her, her job. We'll talk about a lot of deep life stuff. So this is definitely an episode you want to stick around for. But before we can do any of that, we got to go to the intro. Back at Mad Props, and I have Chloe King with me now. We met in Milwaukee, where you are from. Uh, I was traveling across the country to Connecticut, where I currently work, and we met at a basketball court at the park. I don't. What was the name of that park that we met? Um, it's called Kilbourne Reservoir Park. Yeah. And you showed me like there was like a an over an overview uh, where you could see like the entire city. Yep. And uh, we had a really good conversation. And that's just like, I love, I love meeting people. I love talking to people. And it was just cool, like, to have that whole experience. And that's why I wanted to have you on. Because, like, we had a good conversation then. Why not now, right? Cool. Yeah. I, okay. So here's my side of how I got there was I just had a basketball. I wanted to go shoot hoops. And um, I walked by one basketball court and there were a bunch of people there. And I was like, that looks intimidating. So I walked to the next basketball hoop and it was just one person. And I was like, I can handle this. Um, yeah, then we started talking. And I think you had mentioned that you were like, yeah, I was like looking up top basketball courts in Milwaukee and it brought me here, I guess. And I was like, oh, well, have you like gone up the hill yet? And you're like, no. I was like, well, you probably thought this was like a very poor representation of Milwaukee or it was like a super boring city. Cause you have to go up. There's like a view of the city that um, <laughs> you can see if you like walk to the top of the hill. So um, yeah, definitely glad you got to see that. Otherwise I feel like your impression of Milwaukee would have been like, oh, it's just a basketball hoop. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. Well, it's, I, th I think I put ba basketball hoops and it just brought me to parks. Like it just uh -huh. brought it. Cause I put it on Yelp, like any, smart person right literally just put yelp best basketball courts and then it just found parks with basketball courts with high ratings that's what i imagine happened at least but it was a, a cool situation then you didn't tell them how you came in totally like one-on-one -on -one me and like you dunked and were hitting threes and won like 25 <laughs> to nothing you didn't tell them about any of that stuff in the basketball game <laughs> um, why would you leave that out 
Okay, I actually have to say basketball is probably one of my like least talented sports. I am really bad at it. Um, I think I like thought it would be cool to be a lefty when I was younger, but like I'm not a lefty, so like I trained myself to shoot lefty, but like I I'm just not, so like I'm really weak and I kind of suck at basketball, but I still think it's fun. I like just like going outside and playing outside like it reminds me of being a kid I grew up in like a cul-de-sac so like my friends we would just all meet out in the street and play wiffle ball play basketball like all those things so I just think it's fun but um I do yeah, not it's remember crazy outside. you're very out I do not remember like <laughs> slam dunks or anything but um yeah <laughs> well when you're constantly doing them every time you go to the park it's hard to remember every slam dunk you've done that's the thing <laughs> I understand. I understand. I've never been able to slam dunk myself, but I do understand the concept of that. But you're a very outdoors person. Like you really like the outdoors. You were, we're already bringing it up. You you were talking about the mushrooms that you we we had to reschedule because you went to go do something with mushrooms, and I told you to tell me what it was and explain it to me because I know nothing about this. Okay, so, um, I had I got a text from my friend the other day that she knew someone who was going to go foraging for morels, so. Um, morels are a type of mushroom. Actually, if I can like walk and talk, I have a little candle that is shaped like them. But um, sure. So it's gonna get dark over here. Look at this. We get the we get the full tour in this interview. So if you are listening, you need to run to a YouTube uh, account and see this. There's cats. There's a tour of the house. Okay. We're not even five minutes in. So this is a wax replica of a morel mushroom. Um, <laughs> it looks like this. <laughs> Um, they're actually, they're hollow on the inside in real life and they can be like this tall to like this tall. Um, but they, they kind of grow right at the beginning of spring and they're really elusive. I would say is like the best word I could use to describe looking for them because they just, um, have very like particular conditions that they need to grow. Um, and I think they're really hard to grow or like you can't grow them like at home or with a kit or like in a lab or anything. So um, they're very coveted, like in the culinary world. And um, so the season is like so is it, two to three Is it weeks. to eat them? Yeah, to eat them. So and, and what do they taste like? Um, I kind of think they taste a little bit like sausages. Like we would put them like in omelets or eggs or on pizzas. But they kind of have that texture too. Um, and then they have and like, do you, a, have to, do you have to go look for them? Yes. Um, and they have like, a like you can't buy them in the store. Um, you can, but they're usually dried and they're extremely expensive. So it's definitely like mm. searching for gold out there. Um, but yeah, the, the season's like two to three weeks long. So we had a really nice day after some rain. So unfortunately I had to take that opportunity and seize the day and go searching for morels. I only found one that was like this tall, so I didn't pick it, but, um, I've been searching like on my lunch breaks this week too. So, <laughs> but yeah. You're searching, are you searching in the same spot? Or are they like a wild thing? Like if I go outside, can I find them? Or do you really have to find the, the spot that you want to get them from? So I think they grow like all over the country. Um, but people, definitely like have their spots that they know they grow and they like are pretty secretive about it and they like won't tell people so I thought it was actually kind of unusual that like a stranger invited um me and my friend to go do that this weekend <laughs> um but so yeah like my grandma had a spot that she would go to and like she wouldn't even tell her own daughter about it 
Um, she would tell us because we weren't from there. We lived in a different place. So like we weren't going to go up there and like take them while she wasn't looking. Um, but yeah, people like kind of like lose blood relatives over this kind of stuff. So um, at least that's how it is in my family. So, the, the burning question is, how did you get into doing this? Like how, what made you go like, I need to go hunting for mushrooms? Like what, what happened there that you're like, how did you get into this interest? How did you get into this hobby? Um, I think mostly just growing up doing it with uh, like my grandma and my mom and brother um, up in Michigan. Um, I just, because I think they're expensive and taste good and like rare and hard to find. Um, it's always just like really exciting when you find one. I've probably only found like five or six in my whole life. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. But um, so, yeah. And you're, you're in Milwaukee, you're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of being in Milwaukee, you're saying, right? Like this is, you. this is now your home is Milwaukee. Yes. Um, so I moved here in 2013 to go to school. Um, I came here to study engineering at Marquette and I didn't think I would be here this long, but here I am. I actually, I love Milwaukee. It's got a lot going on. Um, it's a decent sized city without being like too overwhelming. We're right on the lake. Um, so I spend a lot of time like at the beach. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a great place to live. So. And I remember from when we, when we met, when I was going through there, um, which by the way, it's funny, Milwaukee actually is not on the route. I just decided to take a stop in Milwaukee. So like I went out of the way to go to Milwaukee that on that trip, because I was just like, Oh, it'd be cool to see Milwaukee. Like, you know, it's a city you've never been there. And that's how all, that's how all this went down. Just, just because I decided to go through there instead of just going straight to Chicago. But, um, you, the way we talked about it, you would think you were born and raised there. I mean, you knew so much about Milwaukee and the history of Milwaukee and things that go on in Milwaukee. And you were just so not only interested, but like passionate about everything that went on there. You, the industry, all that stuff. And being an engineer, is that kind of what keeps you there? Like you just love the city, you know, so much about the city and it's kind of in the same field you're in. I think so. Yeah. I have one question too. What did you like you said, you had heard of Milwaukee and just wanted to visit it. Like what made you think it was cool or what did you think you would find here? Um, it's not like I was like, Oh, there's this here. It's really cool. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a sports fan. So, you know, there's obviously teams like the Brewers and Milwaukee and stuff like that. But you also, I also like want to visit places. Like I want to see places, you know, like, so when, when I saw that there was a chance, the, the way out, the route I was taking, it was an extra 30 minutes to go to Milwaukee and then I could just go straight down to Chicago. So I was like, why not take the route to Milwaukee just to, to check it out and see what it's about and see what it's like and, and see what's going on there. And then I can go to Chicago the day after. So that's what I just decided to do is just go check it out. What up guys, we're taking a quick break from Mad Props because I want to tell you about Sketching Up. Sketching Up is a fandom podcast right here on the Schnabel Studios network. We talk about th uh, new releases, we do lists, we do drafts, and a lot of other fun stuff all within the fandom universe. Just go on anywhere you get your podcast and look up Sketching Up or go to Schnabel Studios anywhere you get your podcast, search it up and look for Sketching Up in there. That's S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L Studios. Search that wherever you get your podcast, look for Sketching Up, and you'll be able to listen to that. Let's get back to Mad Props. Cool. I'm glad the sausages worked. <laughs> and and it's a simple it's a simple edit because I I heard your entire question. So we could just 
go full screen for my answer and then go right back. It's nice and easy. Nothing, nothing to worry about there, <laughs> except for the sausages. Don't ruin your sausages. Irish country sausage. Breakfast sausage or? I don't know. It just looked interesting. So but, um, they look less delicious behind a cell phone. Wait, than that, I, I, I do have to ask, like, how do you not know? Aren't they your sausages? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like, wait, well, what? it doesn't say like what meal you're supposed to eat them at it just says that yeah but but like sausages. like uh like a, a dinner sausage or something like that is like thicker and it usually has like think, the wrap on it and then the breakfast sausages are almost like the ground up that are they're put together they're like smaller or because they're like this big does it come in a pack here's here's a better question box or pack well, no, you can't show me. Yeah, those are. What do you mean? Well, I don't know if those are breakfast sausages. <laughs> those are giants. To be honest, I don't like eat sausages that often. So, but yeah, I guess I would probably eat those for dinner. Yeah, or, I would. Oh, I'd hope so. Unless yeah. you're Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do enjoy going barefoot. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's. Eh, do you do you bowl? Do you? What does he do for work? He does construction. He's a construction. He's a dinosaur. I don't Isn't that like animal abuse? What they did to the dinosaurs for construction? Like they would jump on them and have them dig out the side of a, a canyon. Yeah. I guess it didn't matter back in those days. That's, that's you know, that's the Jurassic, probably the Jurassic period, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Their cars didn't have engines, just feet. So that could have been. Just like, feet, yeah, and rocks. Yeah. yeah. Simpler times, simpler times, feet and rocks, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And I will say for the feet and rocks, the, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of bumpiness, and there's no pavement. Very strange times. You know, there is a conspiracy theory that the, Fl the Flintstones and the Jetsons are actually in the same universe. It's just that the Flintstones, it's like a post-apocalyptic era. Whoa. And that's why, Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So, like, it's not really with the dinosaurs and the Jurassic or whatever, whatever. Era. Like, it's not the era. It's actually like recreated dinosaurs. I, to be honest, did not look that much into the lore of this. <laughs> I just know that there's a theory. Like, I decided biting. not to I'm do like, a deep oh, dive yeah, that's into Definitely it. a thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you never know. Both Hanna Barbera. That's really the only connection, but like, you never know. Maybe it is. I, I do love those, those cartoon like theories. Cause you read them and you're like, that could totally be a thing. And then you're like, wait, no, no, no. This was made for kids. Like he's definitely not, <laughs> definitely. It's not a post-apocalyptic era it was made for children. Like that makes no sense. Yeah. That absolutely makes no sense. I think we should just pick up from right here. And uh, you said, why did I go to Milwaukee? And um, then we had some technical difficulties and now we're back. That's where the sausages came from. Um, but I was going, I just like seeing new places and I had to go to Chicago and it was like 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes from where I was. So I just was like, I've never been to Milwaukee. It'd be cool to go to Milwaukee, see this city. Like I've never seen this city. And, um, you know, it's Milwaukee and Buffalo are very similar in oh, like okay. their history and stuff like that. Very industrial, like Buffalo in the early 1900s was the biggest city. Now I'm not from Buffalo or anything like that. It's in New York. It's like seven and a half hours away from where I was. I was more towards like New York city, New Jersey area. But, uh, I have a friend that lives up there and I learned a lot about it 
because of the same way we met. Like I was just walking around Buffalo while he was working and I just started talking to people. I eventually started getting a tour of like the ships and like, you know how it goes, you know, you just <laughs> eventually you just now you know about Buffalo and um, Buffalo was one of the biggest cities in the 1900s because of all the industry, because of the um, lake right there. Was that Ontario? Lake Ontario, same one that Milwaukee's on, correct? And no, that was not how good. the imp- that's Sorry. not what one is Michigan, Milwaukee, but it yeah, is one of the Great Lakes, yeah. One of the Great Lakes, okay. But I believe, but Ontario is Buffalo. Yes, all right. I, I'm not. I I didn't study the maps or anything like that. But I, the reason Buffalo became so big is because it's right there. It's right on Lake Ontario. So all the imports from that way would come through Buffalo and then go down the river to New York City. And it had the, it, they built a port there. Like the richest people in America lived in Buffalo in the 1900s. Oh, wow. If, I believe it. Yeah. What, what, oh, my goodness. Um, when, when Teddy Roosevelt be, got inducted because, was it McKinley? Now we're going into deep history. Who was who the one that got shot in Buffalo? One of the presidents got shot and died in Buffalo. And that's when Teddy Roosevelt became president and he got sworn in in Buffalo because he had to be sworn in immediately. So lots of history in Buffalo as well. It has nothing to do with Milwaukee now, but I'm trying to say, you know, industrial well, places because they're right next to large bodies of water. And that's, yeah, that's no, I think that they, actually that does have like a link or something in common. Um, that I've actually kind of looked into also is just port cities in general. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, it started here in Milwaukee, like researching that. Um, but also, I, I think I picked up a book, it was called The Death and Life of the Great Lakes. And it was kind of about that similar topic of like, um, they really thought that like the Great Lakes, because it can connect from the Atlantic Ocean, like through the St. Lawrence and all the way through. And I think mm-hmm. it goes as far west as um, like Duluth on the very western edge of Lake Superior. So they thought this was going to be like this mm-hmm. Mediterranean of like the North North American continent. Um, and so they really were like developing that a lot. And um, a lot of the cities with like whatever industrial thing they specialized in, like used it to just transport everywhere. So I don't I went on a huge like, I guess interest in that at one point and like took a road trip up to Duluth just to like see it because I thought it was like so cool and then you get there and it's like ah I don't know just really cool so I also like to I guess <laughs> if we were just talking about that earlier and like I think I come up with like weird reasons to travel like I feel like I've done the thing where like you travel and go sightsee and now it's like if I read something in a book and I'm like oh wow that's cool I want to go like see it in real life I'll like get in the car and go um so that's kind of my style of traveling lately but what what do you consider like something you would go like oh my god i need to go see that like obviously just supports like what else what else would and you you went you came out east to go to um salem yeah right is that something that would fall into that category i think so i think i mean it, in pop culture right now that like witchiness is kind of like having a moment again um i think probably just with its connection to like feminist movements and stuff um and I didn't realize it was like such a huge touristy thing to do out there. Um, but when huge. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> but um, when I was like, oh, where would like I want to be going to be traveling around Halloween? Like, where would be the coolest place to go for that? And I was like, obviously, Salem was the first thing that came to mind. So 
that was kind of the that and my brother or my cousin plays soccer um, at a university called Keystone out near Scranton, Pennsylvania. So those were kind of the two reasons to like mm-hmm. go that way. Um, and yeah, it was really really cool to like see it. I also was reading a book um, that was set kind of out in the Salem area area at like Danvers High. Um, it was written about. It's a fictional book about a field hockey team that has like witchy powers and it helps them win games and they do crazy stuff. And I used to play field hockey in high school. So that was one reason why I picked that book up. And another reason was it was written by like a Wisconsin author. So, and I was like super excited about all the witchy stuff. So then like when I was out in that area, I like drove creepily to the high school to be able to like see the set where the book was written. And like you get there and it's like, oh, yep, it's a high school. And it's like, I would love to get out, but like it's a school day. And that's probably like frowned upon to just get out and start like looking at this random high school. But yeah, so. I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily frowned upon to get out and look at a high school. Maybe it is. I mean, you see people walk on the tracks at a high school during school hours, right? Like that's true. Yeah, I still go back to my high school and like play tennis and stuff there with my brother. So maybe it is normal. But <laughs> so that's what I, I mean. Know. I also like- feel weird. I feel we were doing that during school hours as well. So I understand. Yeah. Same thing with like, I like to play on parks, but if there's a bunch of kids, I probably shouldn't be the only adult like playing on a park with a bunch of kids. So (laughs) kind of one of those feelings. When you say say playing on a park, do you mean like using park equipment, like swings and stuff like that? Or do you mean like doing things in the park? Yes. Like, do you think it, do you think it's uh do you think it's do you think it's messed up that it's like people think it's like strange for adults to use that stuff even though it's very fun to use that stuff you know what i mean like i was trying to think when you say when you say to somebody you're playing at a park on you're on the swings they'll look at you funny but it's like dude do you not remember the swings they were awesome (laughs) yeah i think i was talking to someone about this like what would an adult like a playground for adults look like because like I feel like it wouldn't be that different from like a playground for kids um but it's just kind of weird that like you get older and suddenly like playfulness and like creativity is almost seen as like childish um and it's like I challenge that I think it's very like healthy to be to like do stuff just for fun or to like you know go play a game or a sport or swing on the swings so and 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 you're very creative you do art you do photography you do clay you do all that stuff. Um, you kind of said on our pre-show that you got your degree. We never even went into what you do, but you're, you, you work for uh, a lock company. If you want to leave it at that, we can, but you work for a lock company. You, you were an engineer. And then after you graduated, you kind of wanted to explore different things. So what, what kind of do you do and which one do you enjoy the most out of all the stuff you do? Sure. Yeah, no, that's, Correct. I'm currently an engineer at a lock company, which is very interesting and fascinating. Um, it's also very technical. And I feel like I was telling you earlier, like when you pick your major when you're 18 years old, it kind of was like I funneled into this and engineering was really hard and I had to focus fully on finishing that. So once I finally got out and looked up and was like, oh, wait, there's more to life than just like your job or the one major you picked. It kind of was like, cool. I have a lot of like exploring to do and see what else is out there. So I think that's this phase I'm in. It's like, oh yeah, I really liked art and creating things. And um, I'm in a pretty artsy neighborhood right now. So I'm just kind of like exploring anything I can get my hands on here. Um, I don't know if I have like a favorite, but like right now I'm super into, um, I just found a sewing machine in my attic. So I'm like learning how to use that and fix that and like make, I want to learn how to like 
repair my clothes or make clothes or like take clothes from thrift stores and like put them together so I have things that I'm like this is ugly but I like this part of it and I'll like cut it out and think about how I can like paste it together um I also weirdly have been using my sewing machine to like um like sew patterns on top of like film photos I've taken so that's kind of been fun to explore with do you, do you have an example of that by any chance? I'm interested about that. Um, I guess it's still a work in progress. I could also go for another tour and find things. Oh, another tour. <laughs> Again, if you're All just listening, you are missing out. <laughs> we are now in the other room. It is it is dark. This is my project. Um, but the light is now on. Um, now she's giving the full tour. She's showing the full apartment. Yeah, that's unnecessary. Okay, the world doesn't need to see it. Did you bring the sausages? Oh. Is that, that was an example. Can you hold it back up? This is, well, this is one I just like okay. drew on. So, okay. It's been kind of fun to like, because I feel like everything's digital these days. I don't know. It's hard to see this picture. Yeah. But I have like a completely manual film camera that my brother gave me, which I just think is awesome uh -huh. that you can take pictures with like no batteries or electricity. I know this is like, I don't know not that long in the past where people like had cameras like that, but because I grew up with cameras that only, you know, were digital and had a screen, I think that's like really cool to have to like guess the settings and figure it out and take the picture. And then you have to wait till you can develop the film and get it to see like how that turned out. But I don't know. Then I thought it's kind of, I mean, the pictures turn out okay. And so like, this is just like a picture I took when I was walking in Chicago once. Move, move it up a little bit, move it up a little bit. There you go, right there. So what is that a picture of we're looking at? This is just like... Describe it for the listeners that aren't looking. <laughs> um, it's just, a, honestly, it's just a picture of a parking lot with like some buildings on it. And, you know, that's not that interesting, but I thought it was cool. It's like symmetrical and the buildings were kind of cool colors. So I like, it's like, oh, maybe I can just like draw on it. So I drew some like blinds and then like opening yeah. in the blinds and then i drew like people in the windows and saying like hey neighbor i don't know i was just having fun so like i'm just experimenting with this um i feel like in the past i've like tried really hard to make my art like good or like technically good whatever that means you know it looks realistic or whatever but it's been really fun lately to just kind of like draw whatever feels fun and not worry as much about that so um but yeah we so. Another another thing we kind of talked off off air was about being uh, your harshest critic. I told you I'm I'm my own harshest critic. I'm also my my biggest fan. You know, at the same time, um, one thing I absolutely love is constructive criticism. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. I you know sometimes you get it and you're like, what do you mean? Like you get, but then you you look at it and you you realize. Wait, do you like that kind of stuff with this, or is it just so fun that you don't want people to to criticize it at all or give you any kind of construction on it? You like, can criticize you this like... or give me ideas. I I love brainstorming about. Oh, I'm not I'm not oh. talking about this specifically, but oh. but I'm talking about because being creative, some some creatives don't like that, and other creatives like really want to perfect their craft and they want to hear any any kind of suggestions that they can get. Other people are like, no, like this is my art. This is what I imagine. That's all I care about. You know. Yeah, I think, I mean, every time I, like, go to make something, I maybe don't intentionally think about it, but I think, like, what do I want this for? If I, like, know it's a gift, I'll, like, think more about, like, what the person I'm making it for would want or what I think they would like or their styles or, um, you know, if it's just for me, maybe I don't really give two hoots what anyone else thinks about it. But um, in general, I would say I do, like, 
care, I guess, what people like see or feel or think like when they see things that I make. And so I appreciate that feedback or like if you think something is like stupid or offensive, like I want to know because I don't generally like offending people. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do got to say uh, saying two hoots. Is that a Midwestern thing? <laughs> like, I don't give a hoot. Is that a Midwestern thing? Perhaps. I think I was looking for PG versions so I wouldn't swear on, on the internet. Oh, you can swear you can oh. swear on this. It's all good. <laughs> I, I swear constantly, so it's all good. I try not to, but it, it comes out all the time. So <laughs> you're, you're good. I was gonna say, like, you know, I'm from New York, I'm from the Northeast, and that would have been I don't give two shits. It wouldn't be I don't give I a hoot, like, or two hoots. That's... Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> so no you're good say whatever you want no yeah I this is an open expression first amendment I right here not swear like at all but then i like impulsively joined the rugby team for two years and they like had these like chants after games and like parties that they would do and it would be like like whole songs would just be like purely swear words and like no words in between <laughs> and then so i just kind of got desensitized to it so but i know that not everyone is like that so Anyway. Were you a were you a fan of uh, rugby, and that's why you joined the team, or were you more like wanted to get involved in something? Because I know a lot of people that join rugby teams, and it's not for the sport; it's because like they just want to really get involved and do athletic things. And rugby just seems to be the sport people turn to. Um, to be honest, it's actually kind of similar to like how how we met or that style of meeting was I was playing outside in a park with some friends and one of my friend's girlfriends brought a rugby ball and we were just kicking it around and she's like hey you like can kick this ball and honestly we had pretty low requirements for making it onto the team um so it was like <laughs> you should come out to practice and I did and it was just a lot of fun I really missed like being part of organized sports and um it felt really good to be like part of a team again I guess so I think I stayed for those reasons so this 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 definitely contributes but you said you like witches and wizards and stuff like that <laughs> were you a big harry potter fan um i was or when the you? books came out yeah i definitely devoured those as a kid that was a long time ago but would you join a quidditch team oh, if you had the opportunity quidditch practice was actually at the same exact time as rugby practice and we kind of looked over there like because they probably had like five times as many people as we did. And we were just like, how are so many mm -hmm. people joining this? Come join rugby, please. <laughs> but it did actually look really fun. Um, I totally would have tried it if it wouldn't have been betraying my rugby team. So <laughs> so I, I used to go to school in Gainesville, Florida for okay. about a year and a half. And I worked, I was, worked for the paper there. And my first assignment ever was covering the University of Florida um, Quidditch team because they were getting ready to go to nationals. Oh, wow. And my first thought was like, you mean like Quidditch from Harry Potter? <laughs> like what? How does that even work? And um, I did think it looked ridiculous. I still kind of do. Like I get it and it, 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 I get it more now. So it's more entertaining to me. Like I, I get it. So it's not, I don't think like, oh, this is stupid or anything like that. But when I first showed up on the scene, and people had sticks between their legs and they're, they're like galloping around. I'm like, all right, this is, <laughs> this is a little strange, but like the way, the thing that's interesting to me is the way they were able to take this fictional game that clearly cannot be played the way it was intended in the movies and the book and stuff like that. And like make it so humans can play it. Like was very interesting to me. I think, um, the stitch that, or the, 
was it the golden snitch? The golden snitch idea is a person that can go literally anywhere is an awesome idea. I saw one time a guy climbed to the top of a tree. Wow. Like a, not like a little, like a tall, tall tree climbed all the way to the top, like daring someone to come get him. Like he, he has nowhere to go. So if you climb that tree, you win. Like you are, you are winning the game, but you have to climb this really tall tree like it was, it was just interesting to me, but that was my first, I didn't even know it existed until then. This is back in, this has to be like 2011 that this was happening. And uh, yeah, that was my first ever assignment. Okay. And they were like, Hey, you get the, you get the cover of Florida sports. I'm like, Oh sweet. What sport? Quidditch. Heck yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Quidditch. Did you that, like research the rules before you came or did you just like walk into that blind and been like, Oh wow. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> Well, I had an understanding because I was a big. I, I love the movies. Um, see, I'm not an engineer, so I don't really read. Like I'm working sports, like, readings, <laughs> not much reading involved. It's not really a requirement to work in sports. Um, but anyway, no, I I, I I like the movies. We went to all the midnight showings when I was younger. Um, I even dressed up for a couple of them. I still have the robe. Not here, unfortunately. Or I would get into it, but I do have like a robe. And stuff like that, and a wand, and all that, all that fun stuff. So I, I very did, uh, very much did enjoy the movies. But I, so I had a little bit of an understanding. Um, obviously, I didn't have full because exactly what I said. Like it's a fictional game that humans literally can't do. We can't fly, not on sticks at least. Like we can't do that. So um, I had to learn it a little bit. I'm big on. I've always been big on researching something when I'm covering or interviewing or something like that. I'm. I really want to know what I'm going into. So I have a full understanding. So there's never any, like anything left out. So I did research it a little bit. I actually talked to a couple of people on the team when I got there. Like that's how I really learned more about it. Um, I think I really, really learned the most about it is because my old roommate, this is years after my old roommate actually played for a Quidditch team in Emerson, in Emerson, in Massachusetts. So that's when I really learned all about it. But before that, yeah, I would do a little bit of research. It was tough because like, it's people don't realize like, 2011 is not like today. Like you were able to Google stuff, but it wasn't like as simple as just Google and then it was just there. Yeah. Or like look up a player and then their face there, not Facebook yeah. back then maybe, but like their profile pops up. It, it wasn't that simple. Actually, I just had, I just listened to a podcast and had a conversation with somebody about music and how different finding music is today. And I don't know how big – I'm assuming you let, you're a big music person as well. Usually people that are creative and, and stuff like that love music. So we were talking about music and how people find music these days and how like you can't really find new creative artists because the way music is brought to us, it's kind of like tailored for you. So you only get what they want to push at you. Mm -hmm. Like I was talking about a big hip hop fan. I've been a hip hop fan for a while. I, I didn't really listen in high school, but towards the end of high school, I got into it. And then from then on, it's been, I, I love the stuff. And there was a website called, there was a website called hotnewhiphop.com. <laughs> and you would go there and it had top hundred hot lists and you'd click whatever, you know, you click the song and listen to it. And that's how you discovered new artists. Mm -hmm. That's how I found Chance the Rapper. Like that was, it was, he was on there. Me and my friend, um, it was when acid rap was coming out. The first single was a uh, favorite song. He released it on there. We listened to it. Like, dude, this, this dude chance can rap. And then we listened to, t uh, to 10 day and we're like, no, this dude is really good. And then acid rap came out and it, now, you know, he's one of the biggest stars in the world. Right. 
but it's because things weren't really tailored to you. They were just like, yeah, finding new art and stuff like that. Yeah. So I feel it's like just I always found my music like listening to the radio and like I still listen to the radio and that's a good way to like find new music. Uh, Milwaukee even has like a local radio station. Um, it's called 88.9 and it's uh, very hipster, but it's like they, they definitely you'll log on and you don't really know like what you're going to hear next. So that's a good way to find stuff still. But um, yeah, I think I like had like an identity crisis one time. It's like a very ridiculous story um, where I was just walking around one night and like, I was like, we have this new like train in Milwaukee. Can I launch into the story? Is that okay? Or I can get to the music point. But no, no, <laughs> please go. Okay, I, was I was like, like listening. <laughs> I, when you just stopped, I was like, wait, is that part of the story? What? Yeah, okay. I was walking around Milwaukee <laughs> and we had this new like tram that came to the city. It's called the hop. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be like a joke about like hops because beer in Milwaukee is a thing or not, but it's called the hop. Anyway, makes sense. And this was the first time I'd seen it, so I like got all excited and was like running into the street. It was snowing to like take pictures, and um, like another car just like I was walking, but a car like rolls up and is like slams on the brake and hops out and has their cameras and is also like taking pictures. It was really funny, and then the person's like, "Hey, I have an extra camera. You should like get in the car with me and we can take pictures." And, um, like against all instincts of what my mom told me of getting into strangers cars, like I did. And, you know, I'm like ready for this adventure. And, and he had like an aux cord in his car and was like, what do you want to listen to? And like, my car didn't have that. And I had just graduated college, you know, like engineering was all I did for five years. And I was like, just drew a blank. I was like, I don't even know like what song to pick off the top of my head. Like, and I just had a full-blown, like, identity crisis right there. I was like, wow, I've, like, <laughs> not listened to music for fun, like, in such a long time. Um, and so then I think that's, like, when I, like, really dove in and was, like, just trying to explore um, all over the place. Like, just explore anything and try to figure out, you know, what do I like again? Or, like, what else is out there? Like, literally last time I've, like, had opinions about music, I was listening to, like, Switchfoot and Avril Lavigne in, like, 2008. So... <laughs> I still listen to Switchfoot and Avril Lavigne, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> I didn't hit that yet. So, but now, yeah, now that's like one of my favorite things is, you know, finding new people and like, it's fun to do it with Spotify, but you're right. You kind of get suggested stuff that's like similar to what you already listened to, or you kind of get stuck in these ruts of like the same stuff. But yeah, it, you know what the best used to be, and I, I know they still exist, but nobody listens to them as college radio stations were the best ones because, and I, I worked at one, I actually found a couple of pretty good artists I still listen to today. There's one Jackie Onassis who, or Onassis, um, who obviously we know as you know Jackie Kennedy, but that was their band name. They were Australian rap group um, that went by Jackie O because they met in a U.S. history class. And that's what they were learning about at the time. So it was pretty interesting, but they, they sent in like this demo tape and they had this song called crystal ball. And so look up Jackie Onassis crystal ball. And if you want to hear just a really good song, it's, it's gotta be 10 years old now, but it's solid. And, uh, that's how I found that song. And I'd find songs, I'd find music like that. Cause they sent it into the station, but nobody listens to that. And, and you hear success stories like a big, um, a big, I guess he called success story from college radio was kid rock. Oh, really? Um, he, he got played. It was called, um, yodeling in the park was the name of the song. <laughs> and it was played in Cortland, New York's college radio station. Actually, it's funny that I'm saying this story because believe it or not, this is the second time this story has come up on a, 
on a mad props episode um one time we had a uh uh, a radio producer that used to be in Cortland, and and so he knew this story as well. So the song called "Yodeling in the Park" um, by Kid Rock played on the station, and it actually got banned by the Cortland School of Directors, and it became like the first banned song in college radio or something like that. Oh, wow. And it made a name for him. And then he, you know, and then he became a rapper and did that, and then he got signed, and you know, then he switch genres every seven every two years and then went to country and now um a lot of people's moms listen to him i don't even know what music he makes anymore because i don't really listen to kid rock but i do know like that that's how his timeline was uh, actually i will say so he came to um bethel woods which is where woodstock was that's where mm -hmm. i live near there okay. um, in new york so he came there once and we got tickets to go see him it was like me my parents you know, just like family members. We went to go see him. And I will say he puts on a really cool show. He actually goes like through his entire entire career and he'll like have like a video playing in the background of like almost like documentary style. And he'll like explain like, you know, 1986, I just got banned from Cortland's radio station and I thought my career was going to be over. But then a label reached out to me saying, hey, we need edgy music. And then he'd go into the song or something like that. It was kind of cool, like how he did that. But I'm not a big fan of Kid Rock. I, I Not that I don't like him or anything. I just don't listen to his music. Gotcha. <laughs> that's how I'm going to yeah, end that's that. a very, <laughs> like, that's a very all over the place journey. And like, I didn't know he did all those kinds of genres of music. Um, the only like association I have with Kid Rock in my head is from that Sweet Home Alabama song. So I thought he did more like country rock stuff, but um, he just has a lyric where he rhymes. All like, summer long. Yeah, he rhymes things with things and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> he's like, what's that line where he's like, we were trying different things and smoking funny different things. things. We were smoking so funny like, things. Okay. <laughs> just rhyming things, things with things. Rhyme with things. Look, I guess I'm doing it too, saying the word things over and over again, but I don't know. I feel like I just heard that. Things. I'm like, okay, dude. Yep. We're doing stuff. <laughs> and that's his biggest song. Yeah. It's gotta funny. be. It's gotta be his biggest song. I mean. <laughs> He, he did like, he was a rapper. There's actually another story where he's from Detroit and he was, he was coming up at the same time as Eminem and he got signed and he was at like a record shop and Eminem. I mean, if any, if you know Eminem, he's not, you know, the most level-headed person in the world. He like came in and like was throwing stuff and screaming, like you shouldn't have got the deal. It should have been me and stuff like that. And I mean, he's not wrong. If you were talking about hip hop, <laughs> Eminem's a little better than Kid Rock, but, um, Kid Rock was dropped by his label a lot and he switched he was dropped by his label for rap so he switched to rock dropped for rock so he switched to country and I, like I said I don't know what he does now I do know he was in Joe Dirt he was in Joe Dirt that that he was the uh the boyfriend of the girl that Joe Dirt likes um that's Kid Rock so if you've ever seen Joe Dirt and you're wondering who's the who's the the dickhead guy that's that's Kid Rock so just uh I don't know. I'm just spewing Kid Rock facts. I just said I don't really like him, but I know like his whole backstory, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I know everything about Kid Rock. <laughs> well, I think I, I wrote down two things. Crystal Ball to listen to later. And did you say Crystal Ball in? Ball in. Crystal oh, Ball in. Oh. If you like it's 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 like a you know, backpack hip hop, like, you know, old childish Gambino or I guess Kanye West was like the creator of the backpack hip hop. Um uh, I'm trying to think of other people like that kind of style. It'll fall more under that kind of style. 
It, it it's you know what it really it's it sounds like the white rap of the 2010s like the hoodie allens and the okay. <laughs> and like the guys that's kind of what it sounds like but it's it's pretty good they have a couple other songs i don't really listen to too much of that song i did really love though although you can't i don't think you can find it on spotify you'll have to look it up on youtube okay you'll enjoy okay. it it was also in a commercial for an hbo show and i was like they made it we also actually, I interviewed them in college too. I heard that song. I was like, dude, this guy's dope. So I reached out to them and they came on our show. Oh, wow, that's cool. But they weren't, that big. well, they weren't that big at the time. So it was like, you know, I tell people I'll have somebody on a show and they'll be like, dude, like, that's crazy. How'd you do it? And I'm like, it's actually not that hard to find the contact for these people. It's really not like you just think like, Oh, this person's a famous musician. There's no way I'll be able to to reach out to this person. But like, it's not as difficult as it seems. It's really not. The hardest part for a lot of people, uh, well, other than they think they can't find it, is actually reaching out because people are usually very scared of rejection. And my view of that is you have the same answer as no as not reaching out. So like all, all that can happen is a positive because if they say no, it's the same thing as not reaching out. So like all you can get is a positive after, out of this, or you're just in the same spot you were in. They're not, you're not going to reach out and they're going to be like, no, also you owe us $200 now. It's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like you're, there's no, there's real, no real negative except for the part where you were rejected. But like, if you can get past the part where th- just because they say no, doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're rejected. Uh, it could be like they're busy. They could be on tour. They could be recording. Um, they like to take media breaks. A lot of celebrities take huge media breaks. People don't realize that. And they like won't take any interviews unless it's like, you know, huge interview opportunity. Um, so yeah, I feel like most people would out. be like excited to tell their story. I mean, how, how often are people really walking around asking, you know, what do you think about things or tell me your story? So I feel like. Yeah, that's that's cool. People are like kind of excited to, you know, get asked that sometimes. So. I I I I like that. I like uh, when when it's a bigger named person. I don't like the tell us your story thing because um it happens on every show they go on, right? Like I we we talked about this before you came on. I like this to kind of be more of a conversation. I don't like this to be a, you know, give us your whole backstory. Um, especially with somebody you know it a thousand times. Julius Thomas was a great is a great example of this. And I told you that was one of the ones that was supposed to be slated for a certain time and went way over. Um, because I you can go on any podcast and hear that. So instead of asking it again, I just listen to those podcasts, get their research down. Like, okay, I know this, this, this about their backstory, but no one ever talks about this. And that's what I'd rather go into. I'd rather be a conversation. You get to learn a little bit about somebody or talk about something they're passionate about. You know, like I'd rather, I'd rather hear you talk about going hunting for mushrooms than, (laughs) than anything somebody can go, you know, anything somebody can go look up or something like that. Like things that you could learn about somebody, you know? So we're talking a lot about the, the ins and outs of my podcast. Now, how'd that happen? How did they switch gears like that? I don't know. It's it's the vehicle that we are using to connect right now. So that makes sense to me. That is true. It's also one of your passions. That is true. It is one of my passions. You know, it's one of my passions, but it also um, drives me nuts when people are like, well, I can't do that because they're going to say no, or I can't do that. No one's going to answer me. And it's like, see, you're doubting yourself before you even give yourself a chance. You know, like give yourself a chance. Where I, I, when I was younger was, I don't know about how, how you went. We can get into how you were with this too. I hated rejection when I was younger and especially from my peers. 
I was nervous to ask. I wouldn't ask a girl out. I was nervous that friends would reject. Me. I was so nervous of rejection. And then I kind of like hit a switch where my, I, I figured like, if they say no, it's the same thing as the same thing I just said. Like, it's the same thing as not asking. So what's the worst that can happen? And then you get rejected a couple of times and it stings for a minute, but then you realize like, you know, it's part of life. It's good to feel. I don't know how you feel about rejection. No, yeah, I'm just like listening and taking it in. But I think, yeah, that's like super natural, like when we're younger to like, we care so much about just like being accepted. And, you know, and so like, especially if, I don't know, in the past, you like had to deal with a lot of rejection, it can be hard to like, get over that. Um, but yeah, I, I like that way of like thinking of it where it's like, well, if you don't ask, it's, it's a no anyway. So <laughs> you might as well like, ask and the answer could be yes, or like, just think about the possibility or even go into it like I don't know you're, you're asking you, you know to talk to someone and it's like well yeah like you know I'm interesting and like have a story to tell and like a, I'm a good conversationalist and like these are the reasons why you know I do deserve to ask this or I do deserve to show up and have this conversation so I think like flipping your mindset into like all the reasons why like you do deserve to show up there and like if they say no, it's not necessarily like something, some huge character flaw that like you have, um, you know, for whatever reason, Yeah, they have something going on or, you know, so you just don't need to attribute that to like yourself or your self-worth. Um, so might as well shoot your shot. Yeah. But I, I don't know if this is the right word to say it, but people are, are, are initially kind of selfish, not in a way of like selfish in the way you're thinking of it, but like selfish as in like, they said, no, it's something I did, or they don't want to do it. It's because of me. And you have to think like, just because someone said no, or doesn't want to do it or, or didn't pick you. It's not necessarily because of you. It, it could be, there's, there's so many different options that could have happened that you shouldn't immediately say it's because of you. You know what I mean? Which is kind of what you're saying. Like, don't, don't bring yourself down immediately. Like a no is a no, but doesn't mean the no is because of you. It could be because of a million different mm -hmm. things. And I like to be positive. So I don't say no to anything. Sure? That's not true. I say no to plenty of things, <laughs> plenty of things. I had to send out rejection letters today for the job. I work for interns. It, it hurt my heart to oh, do no. it. I was sitting there like, Oh, this guy, I like this guy though, but you can only pick one or in my case, three. Which is like one, but two more. Yeah, the art behind it. Did you create the art behind you? For the listeners, there is like a. It looks like sketches with. I see birds and cars and lines. Okay, I'm removing the phone. And I can't really see what's on the right. Okay, so um, this is. I'll give you a short tour of art in my kitchen. The, the third tour, by the way. If you're not watching and you're listening, you're out of your mind. This is a jar of pickles I painted. And it has a bunch of squiggles coming out of it because for some reason, every time I paint something, I end up putting squiggles on it at the end. And then... That's your touch. This is... It took like a... Um, what was that called? It's like an inking, like an ancient technique where you like put ink on water and then transfer the ink to paper. That was cool. I don't know. I wasn't around this, then. I couldn't tell you. This, I wasn't either. This is a drawing <laughs> I did for like, I actually took a drawing class at a community college um, one year and we had an assignment. It was supposed to be a high key drawing, which I think means that all the 
shades are supposed to be really light. And I didn't get a good grade on this because mm -hmm. it um, had too much contrast. But that's a picture I drew of my bike. This is just something looks fantastic. I thought was cool. Um, but I didn't make that. That's, that's actually, um, I think she's a professional cyclist. And I wanted to practice drawing people. Um, I forgot her name, but her Instagram's like Ameritrek or Amtrek or something. Uh, I guess I can. Well, it's not Amtrek because I believe that's a train company. <laughs> um, something like that. But yeah, and so I drew her. Um, then that's um, a print thing that my boyfriend made. Um, it's a quote from nice. Fahrenheit 51. That's a bunch of independent libraries. Um, more marble paper. This is a stool that I just recently epoxied. Um, so I found a really rusty stool in the trash and then... Right now, I'm really into like saving things from the dumpster and seeing if I can make something cool out of it and like restoring it. So that's something I tried there. But I think I mixed the epoxy wrong because it's a little like tacky in the middle still, and it's supposed to be like equal parts of the two components that you mix. And I think I didn't measure it well. So that's a brief tour of some random art in here. Oh, third. Tour. Do you remember these things? That's the third tour. Oh, they're like little melty beads. Do I remember these things? I don't know, you got to point down a little oh, sorry. bit. They're like little melty beads that you can put on stuff. I feel like it was cool. and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember those. Those have been fun lately. I made a mermaid of that. So, yeah, I like to make stuff. And it makes me feel like a kid sometimes. But I think that's a good thing. I think so, too. <laughs> I think uh, bringing out your inner kid is very, very, very important. I don't think people do it enough. I think people are scared to do it. People, again, let's go back. Let's go back to the psyche. People are nervous. People are going to judge them. People are, you know, like people are worried about this stuff. But like once you realize you don't have to worry about it or like you should just do what you want to do and not worry about other people's opinions, life is so much better. It really is. I don't know what stage you're at. <laughs> you can go ahead and say what stage you're at in a second. But I am. I have been for a while. It's about when I got to college. I just kind of didn't care about what people thought anymore. I wanted to really change that about myself. I cared so much that I kind of was just like, if I like myself, that's all that really matters. You know, like I just need to like myself. And that's kind of how I lived from that point on. And I still, I still give myself criticism. But like, I love myself. So like... That's where, where are you on this? Can we get into the, the deep psyche here or what, what are we sure. doing? I feel like, um, I feel like I've like kind of had like my realization lately is that whatever people have going on in their heads about you is more a reflection of them than it is like of me. So like, I, I, Tell forget. Tell <laughs> I mean, obviously like I'm there and they're thinking about me, but like, Especially if it's someone that I, like, don't know very well. Um, I don't know. Okay, I also feel like I'm a little bit weird in that, like, if I'm around someone that I've never really talked to before or, like, don't know at all, it's, like, very easy for me to kind of, like, open up and be comfortable around them. But for some reason, when it's around people that I, like, know I'm going to see every day, and, like, that's kind of where I start to get, like, more anxious because I'm like, oh, no, they, like, know people I know and they might, like, talk about me if I'm, like, really going into the depths of things that keep me up at night. But, like... Let me, but I feel like also, let, let me, let me fill you in. <laughs> let me fill you in. Everyone talks about people behind their back. I, I 
try so hard not to do it. I still, it still ends up happening. I'm sure you've done it before. Like it happens all the time. It doesn't matter what you tell somebody. They're going to find something to talk about later. That's, that's something I've noticed. And another thing is for anybody that thinks they can get away with it. If they, if somebody has ever talked about somebody else to you, they talk about you to yeah. somebody else. It's 100% <laughs> a fact. It is a fact. If anyone's ever talked to you about somebody, they talk about you to somebody else 100% of the time. People love drama. People love gossip. Happens constantly. So get that knowledge, put it in your head and think, you know what? Who cares? Let them say whatever they want. Who are they telling? You know, they're telling their significant other. They're telling somebody else. Who really cares? If, they're, if that changes their opinion of you, you know what? That person probably shouldn't be – you probably shouldn't be around that person that much. You know what I mean? Like if they're, if you being yourself affects them that much, then maybe they shouldn't be, you shouldn't be around them anymore. Maybe, maybe you need to, to, to figure out something with that person because like they should accept you for who you are, not who they want you to be. Yeah. I'm just on my soapbox today. <laughs> I don't know. See, this is why I said I need to be in full, full fledged mode so I could be right in yeah. on it. You can't get a tired, Chris. You got to get, you got to get a, a worked up, Chris. And I am worked up, yeah. damn it. I am worked up. No, I totally agree. I think that's also something I do catch myself like, I don't know, not having the guts to like address something that bothers me like with the person it concerns. And it's a lot easier to just like, you know, complain mm -hmm. to someone else about it. And I'm trying to like do that less because I know it doesn't really solve anything except like make you feel a little better in the moment, which is totally okay sometimes. But like if it's some, if it's a person that you want to like continue being friends with or continue having a working relationship with, it's like bring it up with them first, see if you can work it out. And if you can't, then like go shit about them, like behind their back, like whatever, like you try at least tried first. But so that's like what I'm trying to do to like improve my integrity a little bit. There is like, you know, say it to their face first. If it doesn't go anywhere, then I'm going to complain about you. But, <laughs> so. but it's easier said than done. It's really, really hard for me to do that. It is. It is easier said than <laughs> my girlfriend is amazing at this. She is, she is, 100% doesn't want to leave anything on the table. Like we have such good communication because of this. Like she's taught me, I kind of used to be able to do that, but like I would more be able to confront somebody if they really pissed me off. And that's probably mostly because I'm from New York. Like <laughs> it's just like that aggressiveness comes out, but she has really taught me that like put it all on the table and tell them how you feel. Because like, if not, it's just going to eat at you or you're just going to be frustrated about it and it's going to carry on longer than it needs to. And, and we have amazing communication because of this, because if anything's bothering us, we just bring it up with each other and we talk about it and we hash it out if we have to. And then you, you move on. And like, it's something I'm so glad she taught me because it's now how I live my life with everyone. And I, it's just so much easier. I'd rather just hash out what, what is wrong. And then like, be able to move on from there and if you can't if that person can't move on again if something like that affects them so much like you maybe need to reevaluate i'm also somebody that will drop a friend i don't know how you feel about things like that i know a lot of people don't like losing friends i'm someone that will drop a friend but it has to be something like pretty significant to do it but i have i've done it before in my past and like i think about it sometimes i think about these people i think about these people more than they think but like if it has to happen, it has to happen. Sometimes you just need to, you, you, you know how people say like, you just need to cut out some people to actually be happy or move forward. It really is a true thing. Like there are some people in your life that you don't realize either dragging you down or kind of affecting your life negatively. And you, you need to move on from them. 
Like sometimes you just, it's not even that you need to drop them or something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to grow out. of. Sometimes it's just like you need to move on from it or something like that. So I have been able to do that in my life and I have done that in my life. I think something that I'm coming to terms with is that like friendships or any type of relationship like can also just like evolve. Um, So maybe you don't like have a friendship Mm -hmm. breakup, but maybe you like just, you don't see each other every day anymore. You don't see each other every week or you know, maybe you just run into each other at coffee shops and that's just like the nature of the relationship now, whereas you used to be like best friends and hung out all the time. Um, but like can change and like that kind of sucks and is hard, but, um, I don't know. I tend to be the, I actually like my friendships are like very important to me. (laughs) And so it can be like hard for me to like, I'm not trying to say mine aren't important by the way. It's just sometimes it's just like you said, like sometimes you evolve in friendships and sometimes you don't see any evolution happening and you just have to sometimes do what you have to do yeah take some space or just like not prioritize it as much anymore i guess um because Mm -hmm. like you like this i feel like this day and age it's so easy to like wow i know like 300 people but like you can't maintain the same level of like friendship or connection with 300 people and like it Mm -hmm. takes time and conversations and like meeting up with each other and putting you know time on your schedule to actually like connect with them to like maintain a certain level of connection with them and like you realistically can't do that with you know i don't know what the number is but like you, you just have to kind of be real about what you're prioritizing i guess in your life and which direction you want to take it at this time and that doesn't mean that like in the future maybe you guys will have more in common about what you prioritize together so i usually try to not like burn bridges with people but that's because i don't know maybe in the future we'll be more aligned or something but yeah so I hear what you're saying. I guess I'm just not very good at cutting people out cold turkey like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's not something I've yeah. like. I, I would one. I wouldn't say I pride myself on it. I think it's just something I learned to do. I mean, I'm almost, I'm I'm about to turn thirty, so it's been a while of doing this. You know, like I I I realize sometimes it's something you have to do, and I've realized that like. I, I pushed myself to do it. Like when, when I first did it, I would say it was almost 10 years ago now. The first time I did it, a little under 10 years ago. The first time I really, really did it. Like had a really good friend that I just had to cut out for reasons. It was tough at first, but then over time you start to realize like, oh, you don't really need this person in your life. Mm-hmm. Like it's if, if I still continue to live the same life or live an even better one, you don't maybe need that person in it. And then you know, you can give yourself the opportunity to reach back out, but sometimes you don't, sometimes you just don't feel that yeah. need anymore, you know? And I have, I have friendships. Listen, I have, I, I co-host another podcast with my friend, Kyle. He is one of my closest friends, if not my closest friend. And he's up there. He's definitely one of the top. And I have a childhood friend Chandler that I talk to literally almost every day. Like I have these friendships that I hold really near and dear to me. And then there's other ones that it's like, well, let's see where this goes. Yeah, deep. for sure. Yeah. Deep stuff. <laughs> deep stuff. How do we get to this? No one will ever know. No one will ever know. There are only a couple minutes left here. Only a couple minutes left. Um, I guess, you know what? I, I, we talked a lot about all this different deep stuff. I'll just give the floor to you. Is there anything specific you want to just get off your chest or talk about or, or mention? If not, don't worry. I have, I have more we can go for. Um, 
Sure, I was out to dinner with some friends today, and I said, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about on a podcast, and they said that there's one thing in Milwaukee that we need to spread word of, and that is um, this event called the River West 24, which is also known as the People's Holiday, and it's a 24-hour bike race and a huge block party, and it's a lot of fun, and um, I'm spreading word about the People's Holiday because apparently it's not a nationally renowned holiday, and I just wanted to spread word. What day is this? This is the last. How do you get there? How do you sign up? This is the last weekend in July, always. It's a Friday to Saturday. Um, And I think you can sign up online, but you also don't have to sign up. You can just show up and be part of the block party. And there's like all these checkpoints where you can show up and do fun things that range from like driving robots around to... Um, singing songs in like a little commune with a guitar to playing um, badminton at night and it's really fun it goes on for 24 hours and yeah so that was one special request I had (laughs) what what was it called again the river west 24 the people's holiday the river west 24 the people's holiday I'm sure if you look up look that up online You'll find it pretty quickly. If we find it, we'll link it. How about that? If we find it, we'll okay, link it. Very fun. We'll link it in the description. <laughs> Go in the description. You'll find something. I don't know. It might just be a Facebook group, but you'll find something. <laughs> so for a younger audience, you may need to go make a Facebook, and then you can go to the Facebook group. For older audiences, you're probably already in the Facebook group. <laughs> I was surprised. You know, I, I work with I work with some, some academy kids here. Uh, I work for a soccer club and some academy kids. and not no none of them have facebook like facebook is just almost oh, obsolete wow. at this point what it's crazy to think it's crazy to think it's such a it's such an important piece um instagram's a really really big one obviously tiktok's huge twitter is not no twitter you know what if you are a social media person if you work in social media if you're trying to be big in social media kids use youtube shorts oh, okay okay I did a speaking event at an elementary school. It was all sixth graders. I asked them who uses YouTube shorts. 70 hands wow. went up. All 70 kids that are at this I've event. I've never even heard of that. Hands went up. They all use YouTube. YouTube shorts is basically like Instagram reels or TikTok, okay. but it's on YouTube. You just can swipe through and go through all this stuff. Um, also on YouTube, you can create posts just like it's like a Facebook. Things that you just need to know if you're doing social media, but the kids use what YouTube Shorts, thoughts? TikTok, like Instagram. Most social medias are kind of blending to have like all the same features. I don't know. What do you? Yeah, they have to. They to have to because they, or because, they, they I don't can't. Know. They can't. They can't realize that their uniqueness is why people want to go to them in the first place. That's why. So, like, instead of having their own uniqueness, they have to have what everybody else has because that's successful for them. They're like, well, we have our successful thing and they have their successful thing. If we just add theirs to ours, it's going to be more successful. And it doesn't usually work that well. People don't remember, but, like, 10 years ago, what, what, what Twitter's doing now with Twitter Blue, Facebook tried to do that, like, 10 years ago, and it blew up in their face. The difference between um, Twitter and Facebook is Elon Musk just didn't care. He's like, all right, people will be mad, whatever. People are still going to do it and people do it, right? People are still doing it, but people hate it. That was happening with Facebook. They were getting ready to launch that and people hated it and they just stopped it dead in its tracks. And then 
you know, now Twitter's doing it. Now Facebook's doing it as well. The meta, the metaverse, you can get Instagram and your Facebook verified through meta for like $13 a month. So that's, that's a whole, listen, we got to wrap up. So like, that's, <laughs> I can't go too deep into that, but that is a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing right there. Maybe there'll be a part two in the future and we can go over all that because the whole verification, paying for verification is so dumb and it ruins verification. I, it's just a whole, that's a whole nother thing right there. It's a whole nother thing. You want me to go back on a soapbox? I just got off for the fourth time. You're trying to get me back on my soapbox. We're good. Yeah. If you said you have to wrap up soon, then that is, that's okay by me. I'm sure, I'm sure we could keep going on and on about all this for a long time. <laughs> so, not bad yeah. for only the second time talking it's, in person though. So. Yeah. Yeah. For people that don't know, this is the second time ever. Second time ever but chloe thank you so much for joining really appreciate you coming on having this conversation and and just moving on along with all my rants it was just a it was really just a rant podcast for me that you just came in and <laughs> and dissected it was almost like you were hosting me uh, i don't know about that well yeah thanks for having me on and kind of like giving me the nudge to say like yeah you should totally come on because i was a little not sure about myself at first. I know we were talking about all that self-doubt and fear of rejection, and I feel like I overcame a little bit of that in this today. So, <laughs> Look at that. Look at that, everybody. She can do it, what? so can everybody else. Get over that fear of rejection. But thank you for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for watching another episode of Mad Props. Finally, another episode of Mad Props. Mad Props is a Schnabel Studios production. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L Studios. Uh, you can find us on all that stuff. If you are listening right now to the podcast, you can watch on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, you can get this anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Pocket Box, iHeartRadio, wherever you want to get your podcast, you can find this there. Just look up Mad Props with Chris Schnabel or look up Schnabel Studios, S-C-H-N-A-E-E-L. You can find, if you look up Schnabel Studios, by the way, you can find Sketching Up, you can find uh, Offstage Podcasts, you can find all that stuff. It's all under the Schnabel Studios branch, so you can find it all there. Speaking of Sketching Up, we have new episodes coming out every Tuesday, so make sure you get out there and listen every Tuesday to new episodes of Sketching Up. Offstage comes out once a month. We have about four episodes now. Fifth episode should be coming out soon, so if you haven't listened to new episodes of that, go check that out. That is also out there for you in the Schnabel Studios Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know if you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you later. Another episode of Mad Props is finally back. Thank you so much for joining. See you later.